You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of the Short Shift Podcast. We are about halfway through this NHL season. Bruins have played 43 games. They are 26, 14, and 3, 55 points. They've had some hot streaks. They've had some slow streaks. Still don't really know what this team is, and we are going to dive into that a little bit this episode. But first, I want to just say, fuck the Carolina Hurricanes and their Whalers (laughs) bullshit. (laughs) fuck yanni gord yeah but above all fuck rocky words and the chicago blackhawks just before we jumped on everybody on social media caught wind of this i guess panel town hall town hall yeah town hall is typically where you discuss things that you need to discuss as an organization and that fucking dildo that is representing a lot of Chicago Blackhawks fans has no business speaking into a microphone and no place in this fucking league. I honestly feel bad for Chicago Blackhawks fans mm-hmm. because if something like that happened within our organization, I would honestly be questioning my ability to support that team. And I know that me and Ian at least said that on the podcast when all this story was initially starting towards the end of the summer, that we would be questioning our fandom. But I honestly feel bad for a fan base that I can't stand to begin with. I don't know. This would be the nail in the coffin. This would be the moment where I'd be like, okay, is my team making its way back into like, hey, we're going to do the right thing. We learned a really hard lesson. And instead, what we got was I am guaranteed to repeat this shit because I refuse to acknowledge it now. Uh, that would be the nail in the coffin for me. I would no longer be a fan. If this yep. was the Boston Bruins, you guys can, I, I, if I catch flack for this, fine. I wouldn't be a Bruins fan anymore. It wouldn't mm-hmm. happen. Yep. We at least would not be able to do this podcast. No. Oh, yeah. Um, fuck Rocky Words. I mean, that had all of the flippantness and all of the indignation of, do you guys remember the Mark McGuire Raphael Palmero steroid trial. We're not going to talk about the past. We're talking about the future. Mm-hmm. It was all of that just combined into this weird little two minute segment where Mark Lazarus of the athletic asks him this question works fucking pops off and whines about it. And then uh, I, for, I forget who the other, the next reporter was who piggybacked off of Lazarus question and works doubled down. Like read the room, buddy. Yeah. But just, just it is so indicative of how out of touch these people are when this sort of reaction is garnered by the question being, how are you going to better protect players going forward? That was the question. Yeah. It wasn't even like an out of bounds question. And it, it was a softball. Yeah. Right down the middle, bud. Just a softball. We're going to make sure we communicate with them. We're going to make sure that we do everything we can to empower their voices. That's it. That's all you had to say. I can go into more detail at another time. That's all you had to say. Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. argued and you got pissy and angry. He was mad because they made a, a fucking written statement three, four, five months ago, whenever the hell the story popped out. And he thought he was just over it. He thought he was done with it. And that asshole stuck his heels so far into the mud and pouted on that stage and just berated the journalist right back. Like, unbelievable. Like, well, just unbelievable. Did you see how uncomfortable the other guys on the panel was? Excuse me, the two guys and the girl? Yeah. They were squirming in their fucking chairs. If they had they tried any to save fucking, them, they tried to. But if, if honestly, like. The second the question came out of Mark Lazarus's mouth, Wurtz 
was Wurtz goes, I'm going to answer that. And he leans forward in his chair. Like he was ready for a fight. He shushed the other people on the fucking panel. I would have gotten up and walked off. I don't know what the fuck those guys are getting paid, but it's not enough to look like that big of a piece of shit on what will become an infamous piece of Chicago media history. Phil Thompson, by the way, the other Phil uh, Thompson. Okay. Yep. Phil, Mark Lazarus and Phil Thompson. You guys are the real MVPs. You're and kudos questions. to Phil Thompson for Mark Lazarus asking a great question. Kudos to him. Kudos to Phil Thompson for doubling down and not allowing it to just go like that. Like, no, he no. went right back at him. And then he even continued and tried to phrase it another way, which was, Hey, your, your attendance is dipping. Like people, he asked it in a different light of like, what can people do to salvage their investment? But really what he was saying is everyone sees what's going on. We're not fucking stupid. Yeah, You're treating us like we are, but we're not. It's just, oh, out of so touch. Bad. it's just out of touch. It's just out of touch. Old white men doing out of touch, old white men things. Oh, there's been, there's been multiple instances in this league just for the last like year and a half that make it really hard to be a hockey fan. The yeah. Canadians draft made it really hard to be a hockey fan. There's just, there's so many things that are just embarrassing about the NHL. And I hope by the time that this is out and people are listening to this, Gary Bettman has said something or the NHL has said something and address this because this is an opportunity for the NHL to say, fuck that. You want to talk about tolerating this. I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say the same fucking thing. It's another softball just for a different person who's also been a huge piece of shit through this process. Yeah. Hey, hey, Gary, here's here's a nugget. Yeah. Easy, buddy. It's on the line. Reel her in. She's tired. Just reel her in. Mm -hmm. Fucking. I really do hope that Batman comes out and says, we're not standing for this. That is not a response we wanted from an owner of a team that went through this. And changes are coming. I want to hear changes are coming. I want to hear the blade against Wurtz throw on this of, nope, you're not running this team anymore. Mm-hmm. You can't allow this to continue. We can't have more Kyle Beaches. And poor Kyle Beach is sitting there going, and John Doe too as well, yeah. and sitting there going, oh, great, thanks. Thank you for, yeah. for sticking with your, your word. I, you spent 10 years fucking us over, yeah. but... Yeah, this is and this is this is this is reopening an old this is reopening old wounds for Kyle Beach and John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just when you think it's like going to be over, like yeah, you know what, Lazarus and Thompson asking the asking those questions. You have to you have to get Wurtz's voice onto it because he is he he owns the fucking team. Mm-hmm. But they didn't open the wound. Rocky Wurtz did. Yeah, and let's be honest, I don't really see Bettman drawing a line in the sand on this. I almost don't even see any of the other owners really speaking up because it's a, a fucking boys club. I know Jacobs isn't going to. Yeah. <laughs> this is making him seem like a fucking golden boy, by the way. Yeah, right. that's, that's besides the point. Uh, I, my guess is that you're going to see some of the uh, elder statesmen as far as the players maybe saying something and addressing this because Next somebody, somebody's, a lot. somebody's Especially heading into the all-star break. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is this honestly changes the all star break for me a little bit in terms Massively. of what we're asking and what we're hearing back from players. But but uh, let's let's dive into some Bruins. Probably probably not going to be as mad about this team and some of the performances that we've got just based off of the uh, the news tonight with Rocky Wirtz. It's almost <laughs> almost going to soften the blow here. But boys, there were some rough games in here uh, this last week. Uh not that I remember. <laughs> no, well, seriously. Like I, videos, you just straight up forgot one of them. I yeah. made a video about this most recent game that I can't even remember. Who, Seattle, the Seattle game. And I, at the very tail end of it, I have recorded for 40 minutes now. And I have to cut it way down. I know I have to cut it way down. And at the very tail end of it, I thought to myself, man, why is everyone so upset? We did get points in three out of three games. Mm-hmm. We won two of them because in my brain, I completely forgot about the 6-1 thrashing <laughs> and I had to make a fucking, I had to record a little bit and put it in the front of the episode so I was like, hey, later in this episode I'm going to say dumb shit that's <laughs> going to make it clear that I forgot about the Dallas game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, maybe it's not so, it's such a terrible thing that you forgot oh, about the Dallas game. Serious, yeah. 
I mean, if, if there was a game to forget, that would be the one. And honestly, that one kind of just soiled the entire week. But the win against the uh, the Coyotes, not great. Bad but, dub. But a dub. Yeah. The win against the Kraken, not great, but a dub. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I thought their best performance was against the Avs until, obviously, they pissed it away. But mm-hmm. let's be honest, an overtime dub would have been great. I'll take an overtime loss against a fucking elite team. I would have, I would have won the week had they got that overtime dub. By the way, just want to yeah. point that out. Yeah, I don't even know who, who who won the week. I think Thomas did. I oh, think. Okay. Oh wait, I don't. Oh wait, you already knew. God damn it, <laughs> you fucking asshole. Thomas <laughs> is on a hot streak, isn't he? Yes, he is. I think that's three yeah. weeks in a row. Ooh, yeah. spicy. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm and I'm just the Montreal Canadiens right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm falling farther and farther down. That's you know, I, I get the first pick in the short shift draft next year. Yeah, there you fine. go. Yeah, I, um, maybe maybe you can aspire to be a Buffalo Saber next year because they're doing fairly well. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to last until at least February 10th with that. <laughs> That's a good point. He made it to February 10th uh, with 40 games left or whatever. Um, I am going to steal. I'm going to steal a point that I know Andrew wants to make, but I'm going to take it for my own. Go for so it. we've talked about this on Twitter a little bit. 17 games in 32 days. So if we want to talk about running out of gas this last week, I think that's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty clear that we were. Uh, I don't feel bad about the 6-1 thrashing sucked, but for the most part, I think this week kind of reflects what this team is in a sense, which six- is... No, go no. ahead. The 6-1 thrashing sucked, but I think I'm, I, I'm still kind of pissed off at that game the i I think it's different than the 7-1 thrashing we got from carolina because to me that was a lot of self-infliction yes 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 Mm -hmm. because you can for carolina that was a burn the tape game yeah and that was that was getting yeah that was getting steamrolled by an elite team yeah for dallas does somebody want to check on uh, Bruce Cassidy? Like Eric Holla goes into COVID protocol and the man has what can be charitably described as a lineup stroke. Well, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, you, ever, you ever be playing a video game and you get so good at it and you're winning so much that you just change shit up for shits and gigs? Yes, this is the same exact situation as that. Yeah, he just, everything was going well for the most part. And then he just goes, you know what? Let's kind of throw it in a blender, see what we got with this. Overthought it. And then, boom, bada bing, you get your absolute teeth kicked in. I never want to see Mike Riley on the on the right side again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was, was bad. Brutal. <laughs> that was worse than Cliffy. Mm-hmm. Like, like way worse than Cliffy. And every time I turned around, someone was behind Forbort and Riley. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? Bad, bad pair, bad pair. You feel like they could work together, but nope. Yeah. Honestly, the only person that Riley works well with, we're getting way off topic, but the only person he works well with is Carlo in, in my book and McAvoy, but that's because everyone works well at McAvoy. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I was talking about how I think this reflects what the team actually is. On a hot streak, this team can play anybody and be very competitive, even the elite teams. We can play against them and win a couple games in a seven-game series when we're on a hot streak. On your average day, we're going to beat the bad teams, and we're going to you know, stay sort of in the game with really good teams. Mm-hmm. On a bad day, we are going to get absolutely trucked. Mm-hmm. Where you look at the Avs and you say, on a bad day, you have a third period comeback and tie the game before before <laughs> regulation ends. That's the difference between elite teams and us right now. That was I mean, an incredible. That was an incredible forty minutes by a team that spent the last twenty minutes playing not to lose. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what killed them. Well, honestly, one of the most frustrating things for me to watch from this team is we're not trucking teams. We're not blowing teams out when we're, even when we're hot. We could win by two, three goals, but we're not fucking dominating a game. We've only had like maybe one or two wins this year where it was like where we were just pissing on the opponent. Right. The flip side is when we play worse teams, we somehow find a way to step on our own shit and play down to that opponent. 
consistently. Yeah. For example, we end this week by giving up a third period two goalie yep. against that shit is unacceptable. You allowed that team back in the game. It looked like Olmark was fucking set for a shutty. And then <laughs> minutes, minutes into the third period, they're giving it up. And then they give up a tie game. It's just unbelievable to me. Um, 43 seconds into the third period. Yeah. yeah. They were not prepared. They, they honestly, they were looking at the all-star break vacation and were just mentally checked out. Then they picked it back up when they realized, oh, fuck, we actually need this dub. But that was a uh, that was a dub. The loss in that game was Vakanainen. That is the frustrating part of that game. What makes it even worse is that a lot of reports about his development were that it was very much slowed down after the Borvietsky hit that gave mm-hmm. him concussion. And this is very clearly another concussion. Mm -hmm. The week off is coming at a really good time right now for a multitude of reasons. But it's going to be very disheartening if Vakanainen is going to be out for any like extended period of time. Yeah, he was a he he was he was leaking. He he looked he looked like he took a chair shot Mm -hmm. to the head. Yeah, and the the hit was. I don't think Gorge dirty. That was a dirty hit. It was a five-minute major. It was a yeah. five-minute major. And I just don't understand how you review that and then take away the five-minute major. It doesn't make fucking sense to me. It yeah, just doesn't. No, I, I, I can't figure it out. I watched it a hundred times. I can't figure it out. You have the ability to go back and watch a play, and I, I don't know what the fuck they were watching. And obviously, we have some bias because that's our guy. There was an injury involved in the play. Would we be even talking about this if he got right back up? I think it's even worse that they spent three and a half minutes looking at it. Yeah, you're you're literally pissing away time and energy watching a play, and then you still get it fucking wrong. But I I've seen the argument uh, from a few people that Vox saw the contact coming. He looked over his shoulder. Here's the difference, guys, because we've talked about this with Grizz and with that big hit on Grizz a couple games ago, a week ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was. Grizz saw the contact coming and then spun his body. And gave full numbers. Mm-hmm. Vok continued exactly as he was and changed nothing. You are allowed to know the contacts coming and not expect a full numbers hit because that is a normal position to be on against the wall. Mm-hmm. It's on the attacking player not to finish that hit in that way. Yeah, and he's so, angling. He's angling his body so he can play the puck. Right. You, you are entitled to that space. Right, and he never. It's not a last minute turn. It's not a change of positioning. It is, yes, he knows the contact is coming. He just trusts the player isn't going to lay some bullshit hit. Yeah. That's still a five-minute major any way you look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just don't understand the argument against that. And I haven't heard anything about a, a league reviewing it. doesn't yeah. sound like it's going to get reviewed. If and that's, it, the if best, was, that's the best part. Yeah. If it was, it would have been announced by now. Right. Yeah. I thought that was going to be a three-gamer. Like that's, <laughs> that's the type of hit that they're trying to eliminate from the game. Instead, they pull back on the initial penalty. So what does that do to deter that play from happening next time? Dick. Nothing. 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 It's it's very disappointing on multiple levels. Uh, Above all, that we may miss some time with Vakanainen. And we've talked about it on this podcast before, Vakanainen stepping up in that role that Zaboro was filling so well Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the season where we're like, wow, young defenseman stepping up. This is his breakout year. We started to see that from Vak, and we've been critical of him in the past, but last couple of weeks, he's been one of the best storylines for this organization. And steady. now and now it's gone. Steady. Yep. So steady. Hopefully it's not a long, long-term thing, but there is a concussion history. And there's there's no real timetable to the healing of a brain. And unfortunately, yeah. that's what we're looking at right now. The he could only- be he could be back right after the break. We don't know. Yeah, or he may be done for the fucking year. That's the only silver lining is that there's a possibility that he could be back for the eighth. Yep. But that's it. Yep. But hmm. boys, so we're at the halfway point. Let's check some temperatures. Ian, overall, is this team where you thought they would be as far as the standings go, as far as the cementing of the lines, certain players, overall scope? I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to go into 
25 minutes of detail, but just a quick, a quick synopsis of where this team is compared to where you want this team to be. Jesus, I get it. I talk a lot. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> no, I think I can be real quick on this. I predicted a 98 to 99 point team that was fourth in the Atlantic and would make the playoffs. That is exactly where we are. We're on pace for a little bit better of a point percentage there, which I think we'll need to be to make the playoffs because the Islanders do look like they're making a bit of a push here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, this I, I would say this is exactly where I expected us before the trade deadline. I have some real questions about that, but yeah, we're, I'm comfortable with where we're at. 105 point pace, fourth place in the Atlantic. They're around what I thought they'd be. I and thought their, their point pace was higher than that. Uh, no, it's uh, they played this recent stretch was around a 111 point pace. This is okay. 105. Okay. Yeah. I thought, I thought we were sitting at like 108, but mm-hmm. I don't get paid to do math. So fuck it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the math right now. Hold on. Okay. It's like 104.8. So round up. Wait, how do I do this math? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> nope. Let's move on. Let's just move on. Hold Keep on. Keep that in. Keep that in. Sticks for long. In the 105 point pace, fourth place in the Atlantic. They need some reinforcements. We all knew that. We all knew that beginning into the year. Um, I guess it just depends on what you think, what you think that they need well like what's the what's the biggest need that they have what um, would that be to you scoring uh middle ups one more person to fit on that second line see that's that's uh, that's where we differ i'm still all about 4d mm-hmm. not 4d 104.96 we're on pace for 104.96 <laughs> points I so like i said 105 <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, math. It's easy once you figure it out. Ian, easy. that took you a dog's age. Yeah. What are we talking about? What's going on? Well, I mean, <laughs> we're. <laughs> God damn it. I'm totally sober, too. Hold this on, is wait. sober me. Oh, Lord. We're talking about what the Bruins need going uh, going forward. This is sort of a state of the union, state of the union, short shift of the union address. I keep flip flopping, but I think I agree with Thomas where it's I think it's more on the defensive side. Yeah, and I, I, that was my opinion for the last couple of weeks, even before the Vakanainen hit. Mm-hmm. And now it's just reinforced. Like, that's what we need. And then you can reassess where you want to get some scoring upgrades. But with certain players having stepped up recently, Paola and Pasta, like, Pasta's, are, Pasta's very awake right now. They're not, they're not incapable of scoring four or five goals a night. It's the nights that they can't stop four and five goals from being scored that fucking piss me off because we're getting excellent goaltending out of uh, Olmark right now. And the hope is that Rask bounces back. We have Swayman in the pocket. Look, I think this is a defensive team when it comes to what we need at the def- uh, the deadline. That said, uh, the biggest story for me with this team right now is... I'm terrified of the deadline this year, guys. I mm-hmm. Look, we, we crushed it at the deadline last year. Part of that was because Hall only wanted to come to Boston. He had the Sabres kind of bent over a barrel to take basically the best possible offer from one fucking team. Take it. <laughs> so that's, that's partially why the, the deadline ended up so great for us. But I thought the other moves... We're fantastic, and Sweeney deserved a lot of credit for what he was able to do at the deadline. This year, all these player names that are being thrown out there as possible guys to go after is too rich for our blood. Straight up, we do not have the assets. We do not have the cap room. We do not have fucking anything that other teams could potentially offer because we have a piss poor, <laughs> a piss poor farm system right now. So I think expectations for this fan base are sky high for what we want to go and do, but they need to be lowered considerably because otherwise you're going to get your little hearts broken at the deadline. They're not going to raise the grounds. Mm-hmm. You, 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 Bruins fans. And I know there are a lot of there. I know we have a lot of listeners who want Sweeney to shoot for the moon. You guys have to understand that. Chikrin is going to cost 
way too much. Yeah. And frankly, did either of you guys keep an eye on Chick Render and the Yotes game? Uh, he um, did not look happy. Skating <laughs> at half speed the whole game. Yeah, he is miserable right now, and you can tell. I mean, if he stays, if he stays in Arizona, he's going to be playing in a five thousand seat arena, which is only going to be able to house thirty two hundred people when it's done. Yeah, that's bad. That's a whole other story that I don't even want to talk about. That team needs to get fucking pulled. Oh my god! Um, which bums yeah, like, me out because I love their fucking jerseys. Really bums yeah. me out. Yep. Is there another place where there are coyotes? That would make sense. My fucking backyard, goddammit. Yeah, Worcester's got a ton of The Hartford Coyotes, let's go. <laughs> Bring back the Worcester Sharks. Worcester Ice Cats, yeah, baby! <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, Andrew, I'm with you, man. Like, it's going to cost so much to go out and get a player like that. There and are- we, don't, we don't have those pieces. And if you want to name piece number one that can even get somebody remotely interested, mm-hmm. Swayman is the guy. How many of the how many people on this listening to this podcast want to move Swayman? I personally, I'm not completely against it. Uh, just from the standpoint of Allmark looks good, he's under contract for another couple years. Uh, he's prime age right now. But I forget how young Allmark is sometimes. Uh, I think 26. 26. I, uh, I, I 28. agree. 28. 28. Yeah. I agree that it's too rich. We're just in a really weird place because this team is unlikely to win a cup as currently constructed, mm-hmm. right? We'd say we'd be a dark horse going into the playoffs. I also think they're better than people than a lot of Bruins fans seems to seem to think. Yeah, but we would have to go through Carolina, Florida, and Tampa just to get to the finals. Yeah, at least two of those teams. So I think that that, that is fair. That's that, it's a tough road. We'd be a dark horse underdog team, which would be fun in some senses. If we mortgage the future, then we get to sit here and be like, wow, if we don't win this year, we're just done for the next decade. Yeah, we're done for a decade. If we don't make any big moves and this team peters out, everyone's going to say, sell everyone in the offseason so that we can be. Uh, Awful. I, I don't know. I, I, I find it weird that we would sell on Pasta, who's 26. Yeah. McAvoy, who's 24. Like, <laughs> we've got guys that are superstars that are young age. I don't know why we would sell on that. Because even if it's the next window, those guys are in their early, early 30s for it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's that's a whole other point. I just, uh, I, I think that moves have to be made. And if they make one big swing that isn't, I don't I don't think it's Chikrin. I don't, don't think it's Hurdle. Mm-mm. But there are guys. Miller might be an option. There are guys you can make a swing at that might not be as expensive, um, but that would still have a cost to them. Yeah. Connor Garland. I, eh. yes, I still like Garland. Vladislav Gavrikov. Carson Susi. These are some of the defenders that are going to be available for the price that we are going to be willing to pay. Mm-hmm. Will you be like Susie though? a lot though? I do like Susie a lot. Not yeah. having the best season, but I do like Susie. A no, lot. I, I like Carson Susie. I really like Gavrikov, you know, middle four guy, middle four defenseman who has size can play both sides. And he's, and his salary is nothing. It's 2.6 mil. Do you know what Garland's salary is? Uh, uh, I think it's 19 mil annual, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just seems that way because he was packaged with OEL. Oh, right. That's just them combined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, I'm, not, I'm not sure if Garland's the answer there. Like, I've, I think he's a gettable piece, but if we want size, he's not exactly a uh, a huge guy. But I think he's 3.75. Yeah. Yeah. There's also the DeBrus cloud that's. I don't want to say it's hanging over us, but it's there. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's, he's kind of a wild card for what we're going to do at the deadline because I'm still not 100% convinced that he will get moved. Really? At this point, I'm, I, I don't know. I've been so back and forth about it the last couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if he gets moved. I really don't. I I'm, kind of get the sense that he's settled into what's happening with this team right now. And I, th- I don't necessarily think he's thrilled and in love and looking to be here long-term, but I think he might have just 
sipped the shut up juice just enough to get through this year. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. But then you have to weigh that against, do you want to lose him for nothing? Because no way in hell are you signing that qualifying offer. Yeah. Well, you can also rework. So here's the thing. You were probably going to lose him for nothing because you can rework the contract and just not have him qualified to that. and mm-hmm. Sit him down and be like, hey, we want to extend you outside of your outside of your RFA. That's well, I'm, sure, I'm sure he's going to jump at the chance at that. Yeah. Here's the thing. If he is something you look at as a, Self- as a rental. Self-rental. Yeah. yeah. Then mm-hmm. And you think he can help, which I think he right now is helping then I'm okay losing it for nothing if, you, if you're trying to take a run and you fix problems elsewhere. Because I do think without DeBrusque on this team, that does leave a gap in the bottom six. Yeah, I don't think we fill that because Felino is really not a needle mover to me, and I think DeBrusque can be mm-hmm. in specific games. Maybe not every game, but in specific games. Yep. So I'm comfortable uh, with, with clearing $5 million of cap space by losing him in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of... Uh helping me with my point, I guess, a little bit here, but I think there's certainly value in a player like him remaining with the team and losing him for nothing in the offseason because if we give him up, what are we getting back to fill that spot? Unless it's in this unbelievable package where we're giving up, again, somebody like a Swayman or... Or a Liesel. Yeah, or a Liesel, unfortunately. Like, those, those names are on the table, but those names are our future. So... It's this is a major, major deadline, and I'm fucking terrified. I have a feeling that you guys are probably with me a little bit to a point on that. It's exciting. It's always exciting. Mm-hmm. Deadline's exciting. You get to see certain players moved to places that you never thought you'd see. Yeah. Um, I just I'm going into it with a very, very cautious optimism. We should we walk be nervous. away as a better team. We should be nervous. It's it's a we're in a fragile position. We're not in a position that, I mean, I know you're going to hate this example, but the Carolina Hurricanes have a ton of prospects and they're also coming into their window with a super young core. Mm-hmm. They don't give a shit who they give up because yep. for the next 10 years, they've got their guys on the ice right now, or at least most of them. So that's something where they can kind of be flippant about the trade deadline and just think about a big acquisition. Yep. Whereas we have to sit there and go, we don't have that luxury. We have, a couple of years left with our our big dogs from the old core. What what happens next? And it's really just Bergeron, right? Like who else are we talking about right now? Yeah, we have Bergeron this year, and then you have Pasta next year. Yep. No, I'm not worried about resetting Pasta. That's not. I'm just saying Bergeron it's, it's, will retire. Pasta's not going to stop playing. Well, yes, but it's something that you do if if you're going to talk about the future of the team. It's at least something that you need to acknowledge as a possibility. That he walks. Yes. How does that change the way you approach this deadline? I don't think it does. Exactly. What are we talking about right now? I don't think, no, here's the thing, though. I know, but here's the thing. I don't think it does, but it's it's it is something that you do it is something that you do have to keep in mind. It's just another, it's just another domino. All right. Thank you, Andrew, for bombing me out. I appreciate yep. it. I really appreciate the really the sad sack routine. Great. Thank yep. you. I'm, I'm turning around. I'm done. That's we're, we're talking about stuff that we shouldn't even be talking about quite yet. We've got such a long off season ahead of us. Ian, are you <laughs> going sure to be I'm coming back? I'm coming okay. back. All right. <laughs> this is why we need to record the actual video. <laughs> <laughs> Ian's just doing jokes that don't work for uh, actual podcasts. Like, yeah, right. We just need a narrator. Like Ian turns his chair around. You should uh, actually do that in post. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a little robot voice, though. It has to be one of the creepy robot voices. That there. Uh, well, some of the other things that we uh, need to talk about as we are sitting here at the All-Star break. Uh, Tuka Rask reportedly ling- having lingering effects from his surgery and will be reevaluated after the All-Star game. Andrew, are you nervous about that? A little. The wording of it. If it was just, you know, this is a lower body injury, it's day to day. It's like, okay, you can suspect it, but it's out in the universe now. Is there, he's having lingering effects from the, from, from the surgery itself. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Actually, no, like who said that? 
Where did the words lingering effects from surgery come from? Bruce Cassidy. That's the problem. That is the exact problem. And so I understand what you're saying. That said, for the player, am I, am I nervous? Yeah. For the organization, I'm not. We're a million dollars in the hole on this dude. It mm-hmm. was taking a chance. It was taking a flyer. We still have two very good backups. Or theoretically, I think Omar is the one right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah but we definitely. still have he, he sees for the job. Yeah. We have we have an incredible tandem. So for me to say that, oh, I'm worried about Rask right now, or I'm worried I'm about, worried the, about Rask position, the guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that needs to be uh clearly stated because let's be honest, we have discussed this multiple times in the last couple of weeks. We are in an incredible position when it comes to the goaltending spot. That is something that we do not have to worry about in until two of them go down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, and even then, we still have a number one. Yeah, yep. we are spending six point nine two five million dollars. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. nice. Uh, I will say that um, Rask was never a guarantee. Thomas, you make a great point that, like, yes, I'm worried about the man Rask, but the team not so much. Uh, I think Rask at a hundred percent is the best of the three. Yep. If that doesn't happen, then I'll take 100% Olmark and I'll take 100% Swayman and see who wins that job by the time playoffs come around. I'll take the goalie hugs too because those are fun. Oh, they're so fun. It's so beautiful. The little tippy taps they did as they hugged after. Uh, I don't know. That kind of that made me chuckle in a weird way. Uh, but yeah, Rask was never a guarantee. It's never a guarantee. And I think people are now realizing that. Because he was never guaranteed to sign, let alone to be good yeah. when he comes back. I think Sweeney did. If there's, I won't talk about the overall situation of the team, but as far as the net, Sweeney did a hell of a job. Yeah. And now that it seems as if uh, Vladar is kind of the also ran, which is sort of a relief considering some of the discourse that was surrounding him at the beginning of the season. It's still, it's still kind of out there. I saw some the other day where people were still thinking that he was the answer and all that shit. It's just amazing to me that the position that we don't have to worry about the most right now is literally our best position on the ice, but still it's, it's a polarizing position. People fucking hate goaltenders. Vladar is, Vladar, this is, that's why, that's obviously why Daryl Sutter is running Jacob Markstrom to the ground because Daniel Vladar is a, is a, is a viable one B option. Stop it. So, does anyone know what's going on over there, too? Because I've been tracking this just because I wanted to be right. and <laughs> <laughs> But I want Vladar to succeed, but just not enough for my prediction of him being an NHL backup to be wrong. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like wishing well for an ex. Yeah. Man, I, I care about the person. I really want them to, to do well. Just not better than me. Yeah, just don't date anyone hotter than me. Like That's, <laughs> that's my only rule. So he is behind what is arguably the best defense in the league. And he has played, he has started eight games, I think. That's correct. Well, it's the best defense in the league. They're, I think they're allowed, they allowed 15 shots. To the, uh, the latest Markstrom shutout was a 15 shot. And I'm like, oh, what a shutout. Wow. 15 saves. Look at you. I don't, Markstrom might win the Vizina just because of the defense in front of him. Like blatantly, though, not even in like, oh, did they help? No, blatantly. But it's interesting with all the shut all the shutties that Markstrom has um, and the very good save percentage. It's at nine, two, three, two point two, two, two point two, oh, goals against average nine, nine, two, three save percentage. He has a raw win loss record of 16 and 15. Wait, what? 16, 10 and five. What? Yeah. Wow. That do they? Huh? Wow. I got to check in on Calgary more. I really do. That they are clinging to a wild card spot right now. Huh? Yeah. They do still have the best defense in the league. They've just had really bad luck. But again, Markstrom has had a tremendous season and Vladar hasn't. Well, he hasn't been trusted to start. Exactly. There you go. Done and dusted. (laughs) So I guess all that to say, uh, look, we all hope Rask is healthy. Yeah. But um, we're very comfortable with the two guys we have behind him. 
Yeah. yeah. I love all, love all Mark and Swayman. Great goalie tandem. I wish I, I'm really, but I'm really rooting for Rask to pull through in this because I just really want him to, I guess it's a own terms kind of thing. You don't want to see this injury derail him for good. Yeah. The guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, one thing that we're going to notice, uh, just kind of touching back on the deadline thing, the idea of trading Swayman gets a lot more difficult when you're looking at the unsure nature of what we have in Rask. Yeah. Who so, do we have next in the yeah. pipeline? Kyle Kaiser. Probably Kaiser, yeah. Yeah. Who I do think is an NHL backup. I, th- I think okay. he has that ability. He's, I think it was all read uh, last week on their uh, podcast pointing out how athletic the dude was. He has the ability to put it together. Uh, he's had some great games down in in the A uh, this year, but he's also had some bad ones. So mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's development. So yeah. we'll see what we have in him, but I don't think he's the, uh, I don't think he's the future one. A. No, I don't. Yeah. Think he's also guy. a heart attack on, on skates. He really yeah. is. I thought you thought Olmark was crazy in the net to start the year. <laughs> Holy shit. Watch Kaiser a little bit. That guy will move. Yeah. It feels like he's been around forever. He's 22. <laughs> yeah. He's a kid. Yeah. So. All right. So outside of Rask, another veteran that we uh, have been keeping our eyes on Patrice Bergeron going to the all-star game. We've got a week off. He hasn't looked himself so far this season. I don't know if he's battling something. He's constantly battling something. Something At the end of every season, we find out that he played with a fucking punctured lung or three missing toes or whatever the situation is. But Jesus Christ. <laughs> not, not really in love with the idea of him going to the All-Star game. I kind of wanted him to kind of recoup or whatever he needs to kind of slow it down and then reassess. How are you guys feeling about him actually going to the break? I like it how it was three missing toes. Like they were going to find them and put them back. It wasn't like three toes. That were like, <laughs> Baby, they're just digits, man. You just sew those motherfuckers back on. Yeah, exactly. Talkie, so, baby. <laughs> I want when he retires to be able to be, he made this many all-star games. That's the only reason I care about all-star games. I just like, it's for the, the hall of fame ballot list. He's already a first ballot hall of famer and everything, but yeah, that's, it's, it's yeah. just for bragging rights. I don't want him to go. I, I want him fuck. to fucking chill. I don't, I wish he did the Ovechkin move, which was fake a COVID test. So he didn't have to go <laughs> like, that's what I want. That's, that's quite not a, fair. That's, that's not quite fair. a, that's quite a, um, an accusation. That's not yeah. fair at all. I don't have any information there, but well, I mean, he's, <laughs> we're all thinking all, he, to be fair. He skipped the all-star game the last three seasons now. Yeah. I kind of wish Bergeron would do the same. Be like, you know what? Nah. Yeah. Yeah. I still get to say I made the all-star team. And then just, like, and then just everybody down the line on the Bruins, just declining the invite until our all-star invite is Derek Forbort. <laughs> no, no, no. It would be Brad Martian. They would and go through Oscar Steen. No, no, and no. Be- <laughs> it would go through everybody. And then Martian would be the last one they begrudgingly invite. <laughs> where they just go, yeah. all right. Forbort would be like fourth on their list just to fucking embarrass us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I fucking hate the All-Star game at this point. I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. I like the skills challenges. They're fun. I'm going to watch that. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I-, I don't like the game itself. I don't need any extra miles of my boy Bergie. His yeah. family looks super cute as they're getting on the plane to go to Vegas. Good for them. <laughs> Vegas should make it as fun as possible because they're good at that. Um, that's that's one thing that I am interested because I'm still going to watch all this shit. You know you are too, yeah. but uh, I, I am interested to see what they do uh, just from an entertainment standpoint. But I'm with you. Like The skills thing is actually more interesting than the game, but how many fucking years in a row can you just – watch something for 45 minutes and just be like, Oh wow. McDavid's really fast. That's, that's cool. That's <laughs> yeah. essentially what the skills are at this point. Yeah. The year they had uh, Kelly coin Schofield in it when she was doing the fastest skater with them. Mm-hmm. That was really fun to watch. Yeah. I thought that was cool. I would like to see more of that. I, I don't know why. I think they also had, uh, I think there were a, a bunch of guests in that one. If I remember that, that series correctly, but mm-hmm. that was fun to watch that, uh, that I thought was interesting, but for the most part, yeah, they're just kind of the same thing over. And like you said, Oh, look, McDavid fast. Yeah. We, 
Also, the the, the <laughs> also the represent the representation um, aspect of it fucking blows. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. Nick Suzuki is representing the Montreal Canadiens. He has eight goals this year. Pasta had twelve this month. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, it's bad. And I, I it's, but that's why I, I'm kind of like, it doesn't matter. Like when, it, when a career ends and people talk about how many all-star games they made, I'm kind of like, yeah, but how many did you make because of your name? Yeah. Right. Like not it's, the season. It's getting have. more and more. The, the, the all-star game in scope and in prestige is flat. It's the, yeah. the, the shine is definitely off. Yeah. 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 It's not exactly the showcase that it should be for the league, but and there's a lot of there's awesome. a lot of different storylines that we'll be watching. And obviously, going back to the Blackhawks fucking debacle right now, that's going to make it a little bit more interesting. But save uh, Mark Andre Fleury for the love of Christ, <laughs> save him! I still can't believe that they even fucking put him there. It's just you got to feel bad for that dude. But remember when he took a few days to when he took a few days and he was like, Oh fuck. Okay. I guess I'm doing this. And then I think Thomas, you had one of my favorite lines of the summer where he it said, he looked like he got done with a bathroom cry before he did the yeah. photo shoot. Yeah. <laughs> fucking love bathroom cries. Nice. It's a great spot. It's a great it's spot a great, to cry. Great spot to cry. <laughs> but after a six, one loss to the Dallas fucking stars and their neon bullshit glow in the dark fucking jerseys. Yeah. That honestly, I'm not bitter that about just, it. No, that the, the jerseys and the visual of that game kind of just made it way worse because yeah. it was like losing to fucking Tron. <laughs> awful. Oh man. And that's, that's, that's you complaining about a, a, a Jersey and you're, all about the ugly jerseys, but that and one. I own it. I own that one. You own that shit. Oh my <laughs> yeah, god! Yeah, wait, hold on. Where is oh Jesus! Uh, I thought that's it? where you were actually going to draw the line. Nope, it's not on the wall. Where did, did I burn it? What happened? <laughs> did I burn it, guys? I can't find it. <laughs> oh no! It grew it's, legs. Yeah, it grew legs. I legitimately don't know what happened to it. I don't know where it went. <laughs> <laughs> it's sitting in your old house, just fucking crying by itself, having a good bathroom cry. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, found it. Found it. Uh, it's it's even uglier just looking at you holding it. Fuck, you know, individually those. they're kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It's when the whole team is wearing them, skating up and down the ice, that they're fucking awful. Dude, just be glad that they're not wearing that fucking color green as helmets. Mm-hmm. With all these silver helmets and gold helmets that they've been doing these last couple of years, like the silver are so much worse than the gold. They're off. Too. It's they're silver. They're so, so much worse. Awful. But speaking of typically awful, sometimes decent jerseys and also showcases for the league, there are reports out there that Boston may be getting another winter classic. We deserve it. Oh, Thomas, you're so good at those transitions. It's yeah, but we can't I always point them out. We can't yeah. point them out. We got to just be like, we got to be used to them and just let, let the audience do that. Uh, man, I, I, man, I have to, I have to admire art. <laughs> Yeah, boys. Fair. If if this game is at Fenway, there's no chance I'm not going to this game because I was still living in Tennessee the last time they went to fucking Fenway, and it was heartbreaking to watch that on tele- uh, television. Uh, especially because a number of my friends went, and Shawnee, uh, my friend who passed away in December, he sent me pictures of him and his brothers at the fucking game. Um, yeah, there's no way I'm not going to that game, and there are a limited amount of things that I will spend, or I should say limited amount of tickets or events that I would spend stupid money on. That is a uh, sell a guitar to get a ticket type game for me. Oh yeah. I I would cancel a Disney trip for that. And my girlfriend would literally kill me if I did that. And I'd risk it. I'd risk it. (laughs) Boys, boys, if this is, if this comes to pass, we, we got to go together. Mm. Oh, yeah. As long yeah. as you guys are comfortable with me getting blackout drunk and standing the entire game, <laughs> let's go. Absolutely. All three of us are going to be blackout drunk. Are you new here? Like- yeah, right. But I am that asshole that stands for the majority of hockey games. Yeah. And I can't turn it off and people despise me for it. <laughs> Aren't you like six foot 12 or something? And <laughs> yeah, so, somewhere around there, give or take. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're both six two, I think, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm a tall six fucking two, five though. eight. I hate this. <laughs> I hate it here. We'll put you on our shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am super down to go to this. We deserve it. And you know why we deserve it? Because Fenway fucking rocks with these. Yeah. Yeah. I We should have a game in Fenway every fucking year. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't worry about it cheapening the experience. One out of 82 in mm-hmm. Fenway every year, 100%. Absolutely do it. I'm still on the train. I, I mean, this is a little off topic, but not really. I'm still on the train that every year... They should hold the bean pot at Fenway. Oh, yeah. I think that would fucking rule. Hockey mm-hmm. at Fenway just looks cool. It looks right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it looks like it should happen every yeah. year. Yeah. I'm not against the idea of bean pot being there. Uh, bean pot's an amazing thing on its own, mm-hmm. especially from a, trans- a tradition standpoint. But if if not the bean pot, I think some some sort of Fenway classic Mm-hmm. every year and yeah. uh and i know that they do that typically with winter classics anyways like yeah. the local colleges will go out and play a game i know like michigan nd did that and all that shit throw an ahl game out there mm-hmm. you know like they they get they get use out of the rink being there but yeah if if it's back at fenway uh i have been to a winter classic but not a bruins winter classic and that shit will change next year mm-hmm. and i will want to fast forward straight through the holidays and yeah, yeah. That's, I will. Uh, I will. There will be a lot of decisions made that will get me to that game. Yeah. Yep. And one of them is no Disney trip. So. <laughs> no, I. Your girlfriend is like, enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. To come back, what, all your shits on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she would do worse than that. Anyway. All of your jerseys are on fire, including the one that you are wearing. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she'll send you. She'll send you a text while you're sitting there freezing your ass off in the fucking bleachers. Be like, "What's the matter? Are you cold here? Too bad you're not around all these jerseys that are on fire. Yeah. Pretty toasty down here." Guys, do you want to know the honest truth of what's going to happen? She's going to want to go. Yep. <laughs> like she's oh, yeah. all in on that. Yeah. And yeah. like she loves. She really enjoys live hockey, and mm-hmm. she's not like a big sports person. But oh yeah, for an experience like that, she just likes being doing stuff. You know. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that might keep grace off of that is the idea that it is potentially going to be like four degrees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that might be the only deterrent because she saw me freezing my ass off at the uh, Ranger Sabres game a couple years back when they did it at a uh, city field in Queens. And that was fucking brutal. You got to <laughs> have your long johns on. <laughs> oh my, I had, I had, I had long johns, long gyms, long fucking Janes. I had everything on. Doesn't matter, dude. You reach a certain point. It's, it's brutal. It wasn't even the coldest game I've ever been to. There's been uh, Pats games that I've gone to that have been far more brutal uh, to the point where eyelashes are freezing together. But I went to a I went to a Patriots game a few years back. It was the last game of the season. They shut out the Miami Dolphins. I could not feel my feet for 12 hours afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't sit there and be that cold for football. I can't do it. Yeah, I can do it for hockey. Can't do it for football. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds so fun. It's all on the table for me. I'm just, yeah. I'm going to be monitoring that like a hawk, but that was a, uh, that was a surprise for me today when I read that. So uh, Bruins nation can uh, at least look forward to that. If nothing else. It, 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 and it, it looks like it tracks too, because the opponent would be the penguins and we all know who just bought them. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that's a great matchup. Always fun to play Crosby and the fucking douche canoes around them. Yeah. That would probably be uh, Bergeron's and Crosby's, probably their last winter classic as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if Bergeron's not in a different uniform. Oh, Jesus Christ. Why do we have to constantly. <laughs> that, was that revenge? Shit on was that revenge? That was revenge. That was 100% <laughs> revenge. <laughs> oh, man. I, my heart will Ian, I'm going to burn your jerseys myself. We don't, we don't need to have this discussion. I made myself sad. Yeah. <laughs> What have we learned? Uh, I'm not much of a learner, but um. really, <laughs> I, I don't learn really much. But uh, I will say, from a Bergeron standpoint, I've thought about him a lot the last couple of days, just based off of everything that we've seen with Tom Brady. Every night uh, this week, it is the last 18 years. It is, yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> it is freaking me out a little bit. You fucking dicks. Um, <laughs> It does. It does honestly freak me out a little bit. Just the idea of seeing 
uh, a player of that caliber, a player that you're just so used to in the league. And the idea that he's not going to be there next year freaks me out from a Tom Brady standpoint, whether he's on my team or not. But uh, man, when we come to it, it's probably going to be a very similar thing because I don't think Bergeron's going to be looking for the farewell tour uh, mm-hmm. in the same way as Brady didn't treat this season like a farewell tour. Uh, and I also think the reasoning is probably going to be less about the physical and more about the family, similar to what Brady is kind of describing as his his overall go-to, because it's clearly not a talent level with Brady. Uh, he had one of his best statistical seasons ever this year, uh, led the league in multiple categories, and he walks away. So I'm hoping that when Bergeron does make that decision, that it is not because he physically can't play the game anymore. Yeah. Uh Selfishly, I want that to be in another couple years, but I I am a little bit more nervous today than I was this time last week mm-hmm. that we may be seeing the the very end of the Bergeron career, and that fucking sucks. So let's head to the bathrooms, have ourselves a cry. <laughs> yeah, I think it's fair. I think it's fair to kind of uh, feel the mortality around you. That that yep. makes sense. I do have a rule on this though. Um, if there's two scenarios here in this sense, if Bergeron retires this year, there's two options. We won the cup or we didn't win the cup, right? If we didn't win the cup, you don't wait to put that number in the rafters. I need it opening day of the next season. I don't want to do this fucking bullshit. Pick a special date. No, you mm-hmm. do it as soon as possible. You want to talk about bathroom game. cry? I would never leave the bathroom. I, I, would, <laughs> I would just, I would flood it. Yeah. I would Second, stop like a little bitch. The second option is we win the cup. The night we raise the banner, we raise Bergeron right next to it, whether or not he retired. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't give a fuck. Put him in the rafters. Wait, wait. You just said you want to put Bergeron in the rafters. You mean his number, right? <laughs> just raise him. Just raise him up like Sting. Like Sting about to descend on the NWO. We'll get him. We'll, we'll get him stuffed. We'll get him stuffed. So he just put a stuffed Bergeron up there. Taxidermy. We're gonna taxidermy Bergeron when he. <laughs> uh, all right. So we taxidermy Bergeron and just hang him from the rafters. Could that would be unique? That would be unique. The, the new thing would be throwing Bergeron voodoo dolls on the ice during hat tricks or something. I'm really gonna go down a, a rabbit hole with this one. Yeah, you're gonna, yeah we got this is this is this <laughs> no, is getting, what this is getting low qual after dark here. Yeah, <laughs> you can't cut the taxidermy comment. That's gold. Oh no, it's it's all there, but I'm gonna cut you off before you make it ever <laughs> ever fucking worse. But boys, let's jump into predictions. Uh, I'm ready to continue my streak. Oh, you want to do it? You want to do it this week and not just skip it, and then maybe next week's episode do it? Or I don't know. I think I think we're. Uh, he doesn't want to lose his magic touch. Yeah. <laughs> He's I gotta, afraid of a week off. I'm streaking, bitch. So you are. What's the score at this point? Someone pull it uh, up. Six, five, and three. Oh, he's one behind me now? Mm-hmm. I don't even oh know. Oh, my God. Is it six, five, and three? I had such a nice little lead there for a bit. Mm-hmm. I'm to... You guys just fight. And I'm, and I'm over here just... Hey guys, for me. To be fair, when I first joined this podcast and we were going into the season, we talked about predictions. The rule was that Thomas is going to win and Andrew is going to be terrible at it. And so far, and you won the first week, Andrew, I think. I won the first two weeks, I believe. Or two Did of the first you? three, I believe. I think. Yeah, Andrew won week two and three. Wow. So, yeah. At first, it looked like you were going to make a revenge tour, but... um. No, it's no, you know what you know what it is. Shout out to Angelo. I'm echoing my Buffalo Sabers here. <laughs> yeah, yep. I went on a rager to begin the year, and it's just enough that maybe it, it maybe it'll be okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be okay, bud. But, uh, good luck to you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got. I just gotta stop predicting studies. I think that would really help you. I think. Mm-hmm. I think both of you need to stop predicting. I don't think I've even predicted. A shuddy all season. I no, believe you said, firm I about believe that. said yeah. and I quote, Daddy don't do shuddies. Yeah, Daddy Daddy don't predict the shuddies. <laughs> Daddy don't do shuddies. God, that does not roll off the tongue. That feels really <laughs> awful to say. <laughs> let's uh let's go ahead and get into these predictions. Let's get it out of the way. Penguins, Tuesday the eighth. That's our first game back. We're less than a week away. It's been a while since we played them. 
and mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't watched enough Penguins, so I'm a little bit apprehensive about making that pick, but I'll go ahead and start it because I don't think I typically start. So let's take that av- advantage off of me. I think this is a 4-3 dub, and I hope that's the case. I hope it's rested. I hope it is pasta still continuing being uh, hot pasta as opposed to cold pasta. But I, th- I think that's a big game for us to start the momentum off the break. And I think we need that dub. It's at home. That's that's what I'm going with. 4-3 win. Uh, I'm actually going the opposite direction. I feel like this team, whenever it has a break, struggles to get back into it. That is going to be a 4-1 loss, unfortunately. How could you say that, though? We just came back from like a two-week Christmas break and fucking lit it up for a month. Because I have no strategy. I just <laughs> let it fly. <laughs> I go all vibes, brother. That's it. <laughs> head, head empty, only vibes. Yep. Andrew, what do you got? 3-2 dub overtime. Okay. I'll you know, I got to feel well. like the overtime predictions don't help us either. No. No. And typically, it's just a tiebreaker at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, then we move on. Oh, God. Uh, Thursday, we play the fucking Hurricanes at home. Last game uh, of the season, I believe. The, the last matchup with them, yeah. 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 Oh, that's what, not that last game of yeah. the season for the Bruins. That'd be oh, sudden. If we get killed the same way, it might be the last game of the season for me. I might I might just fucking wrap it up. Just, just end the podcast, and then the next week, me and Ian start high and low. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas is the glue that holds this all together. I, I, I don't know if we can do this. Uh, but daddy uh we need daddy anyway um <laughs> i had that in there and I, clip that like, that almost got way worse and i thought against it and went nope i, nope. Pr- I appreciate said, you reeling that back a little bit <laughs> you said daddy out loud you can't keep that sentence going uh <laughs> so anyway that is gonna be a nice dub against the canes wow. it is going to be a two to zero shutty let's go oh my god <laughs> So Ian just Ian just sealed his own fate. Um, yeah, I did. I I'm already seeing, regret it too. I'm seeing. I'm, I'm seeing a three-one loss, boys. Like they play them tight, they play them close, but I think there's at least one team a year, whether they be good or bad, that the Bruins just can't solve, and I feel like that might be the Canes. Yeah, Until yeah, it's, it's exactly it's exactly what I wanted to hear. Uh, I have a four-one <laughs> loss. Jesus, yeah, four-one loss. Not happy about it, but their their defense is a lot better than uh, I, I care to admit. But yeah, so that's going to be another night of angry short shift pod Twitter. <laughs> Great, yeah. Yeah. But then we get to rebound a little bit. We got a Saturday day game. Yeah, buddy. I don't know. Sometimes I fucking love the day games, and sometimes it just fucks me all up. Mm-hmm. Up in Ottawa, in front of a packed house of potentially 500 people. Sell out 500, Sell out 500 people. Oh, that I thought it was funny. Yeah. I, was I thought it was funny, too, except the Coyotes were like, man, that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> the Coyotes were like, our future. <laughs> it's do- yeah, we could do that. We could definitely do that. Uh, Bruins going for an a 4-2 dub. Day game, day drinking, fuck the Senators. Or as Ian likes to say on this podcast, for some reason, when he's liquored up, fuck Canada. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I really do turn into, I mean, there's a lot of geographical hate, apparently. I don't I don't know where it comes from. Uh, it's fine. Fuck Canada anyway, though, because that is a 5-1 dub. Love it. 5-0. Shut Fuck. Mm. Thomas, what did you say for the score? 4 2 dub. 4 2, okay. Yeah. Br- bring it, Angelo. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe we both predicted shutties again. I hate I don't know why the so fuck much. you guys do it. I really don't. There's nobody listening to this podcast that is rooting for you guys to win this fucking thing. You know what it is? You know what it is? <laughs> you know what it is? If you're if you keep predicting it, at some point it's gonna come true. You can't miss when your target is everything. <laughs> Do you know what it actually is? Me and Andrew just think we're funny and we're really not. That's all it is. We just think we're funny. For yourself. <laughs> we it's just think we're funny. It's just funny to me because you guys like negate, like you guys talk for 45 minutes 
knowledgeable hockey fan talk. And then you guys end the episode with just fucking dingleberry predictions. Yeah. Just a giant <laughs> steaming dump. We got to keep end. ourselves honest, Thomas. It'll yeah, that's fine. All right, boys. Happy All-Star break. Uh, anything anybody need to plug? No. No. Mm. Ian, you have a YouTube channel. No, I don't. I like, comment, and subscribe. Yeah. Low quality Bruins fan nailed it. Yeah. I fucking quit. I'm done. I'm out. Well, I guess we do have one thing to plug. We finally got around to throwing up a couple of merchandise items up on uh, the internet, uh, and I want to thank everybody who's already purchased a couple of hoodies, a couple T-shirts. Nobody's bought the I folks pint glass quite yet, but that's all right. I'm sure my grandma will probably jump online and grab that. Get a mug on there, and I'm buying a bunch. I yeah. want a, I want a <laughs> I folks coffee mug. Let's hey, go. where can we find all this great merchandise? Um, the internet, Ian. <laughs> internet's a pretty big place. You seen all the porn on the internet? It's yeah. huge. If anybody wants to find uh, that store, jump on our Twitter at Short Shift Pod. It is the pinned tweet with a link to it, or you can click on the link in the profile. And that brings up a whole list of shit related to uh, the Short Shift Pod, including where to find us on Apple, where to find us on Spotify, Google. And also, I think there's a link to some fucking assholes YouTube channel. Feel free to click on that button and oh, search around. That's what, what, looking what, at it right what, now. what happened to him? I think he quit. <laughs> yeah, fucking super quit. <laughs> Rage <done>. quit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if, if anybody wants to jump on there, grab a shirt or something like that, help pay the bills, and we'll hopefully allow us to all upgrade our gear a little bit. It's literally all going to Andrew's gear. Me yeah. and Thomas are getting nothing. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm currently, I'm currently using a surface. <laughs> I mean, this is the best you've sounded in weeks. So yes, we'll take it. Excellent yeah. hairbrush, Andrew. Found you. Yep, yep, yep. All right, boys. I got nothing else. Go be. Go Fuck the Blackhawks. Yep. <laughs> Metal spoon! <laughs> That's the only note I could make. <laughs>